Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 179 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Tripodi, and with me, as always, is Tony Pauline. We have another great guest for all of you this week with Wisconsin Badgers defensive end Isaiah Loudermilk joining the show. We'll talk to him about playing for a one-loss team back in 2017, the effect that COVID-19 had on the Big Ten's 2020 season, and what he's doing to prepare for the draft. You know, a guy who stands out on film because he plays hard every single down. Someone who plays like his hair is on fire. Big, tall guy. He actually looks like a power forward on the uh, football field. Uh, but, but someone that plays as though you would expect a Wisconsin lineman to play. Like every down is his last down. We'll get right into this week's interview with Isaiah Loudermilk in just a moment. After this word from our sponsor. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming. And so is the $100,000 bracket madness contest as bet online is the spot for all your bracketology needs. Bet online also has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's really the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. It appears that NFL draft odds, though, have been pulled for the week. Guess they figure people will be focusing all that time and energy on upcoming March Madness. And unfortunately, uh, my alma mater, St. John's, is not in March Madness again. So like the New York Jets, it's just another New York sports disappointment for me. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, without further ado, Tony and I would like to welcome Isaiah Loudermilk to the show. Isaiah, welcome to the Draft Analyst, and thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on here. I'm excited. Isaiah, this is Tony Pauline. Thanks so much for joining us this evening. I know we're going to have a lot of fun talking about uh, mm-hmm. your playing days at Wisconsin, what went on in Madison, and, and your future in the, uh, in the NFL. So thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Now, uh, kind of starting with your high school days, you played four sports in high school. Obviously, football is one of them, along with some basketball, baseball, and track and field, where you toss the shot put around a little bit. For you, was football always your favorite sport, or did you have a particular affinity towards any of the others? Um, I mean, football was always there, but um, growing up, it was pretty much every sport, um, every sport I wanted to go pro in. Um, I mean, it really started with baseball. Um, I was huge into baseball growing up and kind of throughout the beginning of high school. And then it kind of switched to switched to basketball as well. Um, you know, I, I loved playing basketball too, but football was really the one sport that was always, always around and I always kind of stuck with. And then turns out I got, I got pretty big. So having that advantage in football was good. So I kind of just ran with that and, you know, I, I've loved playing football ever since I was little, but being able to play all the rest of the sports definitely was fun. You mentioned getting kind of big. Uh, 
you know, your basketball numbers your senior year were something like, I think you were like 20 and 15 or something like that. Were, were any schools after you to play basketball in college or was it just football? Mm. Um, there were a couple of schools that would reach out and just kind of talk to me, but I didn't really have any um, big offers, a couple of smaller schools. But um, I kind of started to get a little bit more looks um, for football. So I kind of stopped focusing on basketball. Now, you mentioned uh, tossing the shot put around, or Chris mentioned tossing the shot put around. Mm -hmm. As a former track and field guy, I got to ask, was that the only event you did in track and field? No, so I did, um, I threw the shot put, threw discus, and I also threw javelin. Uh, what was your, what were your marks like in the shot and disc and jav? Um, I can't remember. They weren't great. I, yeah. I wasn't the greatest uh, track athlete. Um, I think 45, 46 for the shot put, something like that. And I can't even remember for the, uh, the discus and javelin, but I was, I was okay. I wasn't great at it. I just... Had fun doing it. Was shot your favorite of the three throwing events? Javelin was. I uh, threw javelin my last my last year, and I wasn't great at it, but it was just the most fun to go out and compete in for me just because it, it was extremely interesting trying to learn how to throw it. Throw javelin just like a football over your head. Yeah, yeah. I tried that a couple times. That'll, that'll ruin your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> now, we will go back to football here for you. You had over a dozen FBS offers from not only Big Ten schools, but Pac-12, Big 12, and even some SEC teams. Uh, you visited Oregon and Kansas State, if I'm not mistaken, along with Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. What led you to choose the Badgers in the end? Mm -hmm. um, in the end, it was just kind of a kind of a gut feeling for me. Um, every place had had all the bells and whistles. Um, great facility, uh, you know, great great coaches. Um, just a lot of great things to offer, but I just felt Wisconsin was more, um, more of a family oriented team, which is kind of what I um, always wanted to be around growing up. Um, I'm a big family guy. So uh, kind of getting that feeling from the coaches, um, kind of just from the whole community, uh, the couple times I was able to come down um, was really a big factor in it. I, it. It just felt like a place that I'd be able to call, call home uh, pretty easily. You redshirted in 2016 and then got some uh, playing time as a redshirt freshman in 2017, the following year, when mm -hmm. Wisconsin went 12-1 and one and you won the Orange Bowl. What do you remember from uh, that season and the bowl game as well? Mm -hmm. um, I just remember kind of finally growing into a role. Um, redshirted my first year, so just kind of sat back, watched the games, did scout team practiced hard um, and all that, but I really felt like like there was a place that, you know, I could fit in um, to help the team. And that finally came around uh, my redshirt freshman year. So really the biggest things that I remember from that year is just kind of, um, you know, one, I definitely remember the first game um, I was able to get in at Camp Randall. Uh, that was just uh, probably one of the bigger moments, um, just kind of being able to, to get out there, see all the fans, um, participate and jump around and, you know, just all the great traditions. But the, my first year was just phenomenal. Um, being able to kind of earn a spot in the rotation, but it was definitely a great year. And I just got to mention for those who don't know, jump around is of course, one of the great Badger traditions, I believe between right before the fourth quarter starts, correct? Mm -hmm. 
when yeah, they, play, yeah. they play the song "Jump Around" and, and the stadium basically just rocks. It's it's absolutely worth uh, doing a search for YouTube on and seeing some of the uh, uh, some of the clips from people in the stadium during "Jump Around." It's absolutely outstanding. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's an incredible uh, an incredible tradition and playing the games too. Uh, it, it it just kind of makes it more lively and a lot more exciting um, after the jump around comes on. They had some injury issues early on in your career, particularly knee and ankle problems, even had some surgery on your knee before the 2018 season, but you finished your final two seasons healthy. Are those injuries completely behind you or do they kind of come up and, and creep back in from time mm -hmm. to time? No, um, I would say all the injuries I've had are completely behind me. I, um, you know, I was struggling the first couple years and then it kind of, kind of was able to focus a little bit on, you know, why some of them were happening um, and really just focused on strengthening the places that I thought were weak, um, especially during the off seasons. My, uh, what, one of my biggest goals, and I talked about it a lot with uh, my D-line coaches, the best ability is being availability. And I was kind of struggling with that at first, but, you know, just kind of being able to hone in and, learn a little bit more about my body and kind of, you know, take the time to, to, to really fix up some of the things. Um, I, I definitely think all those injuries are definitely in the past now. I want to take you back January 1st, 2020, you got to play in the granddaddy of them all, the Rose bowl against Oregon. And what was a great game Badgers lost mm -hmm. by a point. I can see the game right now. Remember the game right now. The Badgers lost by a point, 28 to 27, but you had three tackles in the game. Those of us on the outside are used to the buildup of the Rose Bowl game. Some of us get up early in the morning and watch the tournament of Roses Parade on New Year's morning and everything that goes on with that classic bowl game. But tell us as a participant, what is it like? What is the week leading up like? What is it playing in the game like? How different is that game, say, to participating in an important uh, you know, rivalry game in the Big Ten like in Ohio State or Michigan? Mm. I mean, uh, it, it, the, the whole experience was just incredible. Um, I'd say, you know, we definitely prepare the same for, for any game. I mean, especially if it's a Big Ten rivalry game. But this being the Rose Bowl, we, de we definitely knew um, that this was kind of a big thing for us and a big thing for our, uh, a, a big game for our program. So um, that, that week leading up, you know, of course, we're practicing hard, you know, watching all the game film we can, but just kind of being out in California and being able to go out and just kind of experience some of the things that the Rose Bowl had to offer, um, you know, go out and have uh, meals and go to go to Disney and things like that um, was great. But then definitely the best part of the whole experience was being able to play in that stadium and be able to play against Oregon. Um, you know, it didn't turn out the way we wanted it, of course. Um, you know, definitely want to leave with a dub there. But, you know, we fell short, but the overall experience was just incredible. Now, we go. you go from what was a great experience, uh, January 1st of 2020, and two months later, all of a sudden, COVID hits the United States, you know, it hits the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts? What were, what were the thoughts around the football program as to what COVID may mean uh, to the 2020, the upcoming 2020 season? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't see any any of it really coming. Um, it was kind of a shock to all of us when uh, we were getting ready to go out to to I think one of our first one of our first spring ball practices, and uh, you know, heard that classes got canceled. People kind of were going around the rumors that spring ball would be canceled, and then you know, kind of the whole storm hit and everything was canceled. People were sent home. Um, it was virtual learning. So going from, from the Rose Bowl and such a high experience, um, such a fun time to kind of getting hit with, you know, a worldwide pandemic was kind of tough. But, uh, you know, we took the news. Um, I know the whole team was, was devastated about spring ball. And then it kind of, you know, it hasn't gone away and really affected the, the 2020 season for us. Now, how did you and your teammates feel when that August decision was made to cancel the fall season for, from the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say most of us were, were pretty devastated, especially some of the, some of the seniors. Um, you know, I, I live with a couple of guys, and, you know, we would just kind of sit around the house kind of talking about it because there was nothing else to do. Um, we were kind of just stuck in our house. Season was canceled. We were just kind of thinking – you know, you know, is it going to be back? Um, like, is there any chance for us to put, to be able to play our senior season? And, you know, there really wasn't anything we could do but wait, which is kind of what we did. We just waited around, made sure we stayed in shape just in case season came back. And luckily, it was a short, shortened season, but we, we were able to get some games in, which I know everyone was grateful for. A few weeks ago, we interviewed Brendan James, uh, the offensive lineman from Nebraska, guy that, you know, you've mm-hmm. up against. And, you know, he spoke candidly about Nebraska, uh, the, how the, the team and the program was almost openly revolting against the Big Ten's cancellation uh, of the fall season. They, wanted, they talked or mentioned about playing in another conference in 2020. Some of the mm-hmm. players filed suit against the NC2A, and even the parents got involved in, in the action. Were, were there any signs or, or form of result, or revolt by the uh, in within the Wisconsin program that we never heard about? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't say there was any any revolt or anything like that. There were definitely people who who would try to speak up um, a little bit about what was going on, um, kind of their feelings about how we should be able to play and just stuff like that. But um, no, I, I would read and see um, the. Nebraska kind of leading that, but um, there wasn't really anything from our end um, that I know of um, where we kind of revolted. But I know some people were pushing back a little bit, but I I don't think it was as big on on, on our end. Eventually, the Big Ten reversed his decision, decided that they were going to have a fall season, though it was going to be a delayed start. But up until that point, what were your thoughts on playing – the season in the spring what, what were, you, did, were you considering playing uh in the spring of 2021 mm-hmm. if they pushed it back to then yeah so i actually had never made up my mind about that i uh i would talk to coach and you know i was kind of back and forth about it um if i wanted to wait until and still play in the spring um depending on how many games they gave us but i knew that i definitely wanted to play a senior season but um, the the news came around that we were going to be able to play in fall. So I, I 
just took that and ran with it. Um, you know, I was happy with all the games we got, but as for, you know, the possibility of having that spring season, I was still kind of just back and forth about it. Um, it was kind of just a weird time of me trying to figure out, um, like, different scenarios if I would stay or go. But luckily everything panned out kind of kind of good for me. I was able to get some games in with uh, – with all the guys here so that's really all I wanted so now you never had to make the decision but have you thought about afterwards maybe if you had to make the decision what you might have ended up doing or once you didn't have to you just kind of scrapped it and just went ahead and prepared for what you did now Mm -hmm. um I kind of just scrapped it but I I think looking back at it I would have definitely played any games they would have gave me um pretty much any time of the year, um, I think if they w- if, if they would have decided to do a spring thing, I w- I would have tried to play um, as many games as I could. Um, just kind of depending on how they would have done spring spring ball like that with the draft and you know kind of all that stuff. But I definitely wanted to play no matter what. And obviously, you guys had your share of COVID issues this season. Three of your first six games were canceled. Obviously, the state as a whole was just a big-time hotspot, which certainly didn't help the cause and kind of seeped into the football program, it seems. What was the level of frustration like between either you or teammates, coaching staff, whoever, with kind of how the season went from that perspective? Yeah, uh, um, it definitely um, definitely wasn't good losing three of our games like that. Um, you know, those are definitely games that everyone wanted to play, but uh, unfortunately, you know, some things happened. Uh, COVID was kind of, kind of running through our team, and uh, we weren't able to play those games. But I wouldn't say there was much frustration between people. Um, everyone kind of knew what the risks were um, going into this season, and you know, the risks that we were taking playing. Um, and once it kind of hit people, people were up, upset, but no one, you know, ever wanted to point fingers because we kind of knew that there would be a possibility of this happening and it, it happened. So, you know, as a team, we just kind of moved on as best we could. And, uh, you know, we're just always ready to play our next game. When it was hitting and you were going through this, was did you give any serious thought to opting out of what remained of the season, whether it be due to safety issues from COVID or you know the ups and downs of not knowing if you're going to play week to week? Mm-hmm. No, um, opting out never, never popped up in in my mind. Um, you know, I, I was just so happy that we were able to get you know, even a couple games in. Um, but for me, I was going to play no matter what. I was going to finish out the season no matter what. Um, I just kind of took this as, you know, my final senior year. So I I wanted to get every second that I could out there with my teammates as I could. So opting out was definitely not anything that ever kind of crossed my mind. Now kind of piggybacking off that one a little bit, you didn't play in the bowl game against Wake Forest. I couldn't find the reason anywhere. Uh, was there an injury involved? Was it related to your plan to declare for the draft, maybe an opt-out type of situation? Can you kind of fill us in on uh, what all happened with that situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I ended up injuring um, my leg at the end of the Minnesota game. 
Um, so I wasn't able to quite get back in time for 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 that bowl game, which I was um, I was pretty upset about that because you know I I just really really wanted to finish out the season um, with my teammates and you know some of the guys I've been here five five years with and not being able to play that last game really hurt. But um, I I you know kind of tried to get back, but I just knew for for my own health, it, it, it just wasn't the right decision for me to try to play. Did you give any thought or serious consideration at any point in time to taking up the NCAA offer on the extra year of eligibility or, or was it all along? This is my final year at Wisconsin. I'm going to move on to the NFL after this. Mm -hmm. For me, um, I kind of made my decision at the beginning of the year, even before um, when they decided to come out and give us the, the shorter season, I kind of decided I would just take that and run with that as, as my final games, just because I felt like, you know, my time here was definitely winding down, but I was just ready to kind of get on to the next thing. I feel like, you know, I've developed into a player who, who has a good shot at the next level. And, um, I've put the work in, so I definitely thought at the beginning of the season that I would be leaving at the end. Now, I want to ask you about two highly rated offensive linemen from the Big Ten that you faced off against during your career at Wisconsin, Jalen Mayfield from Michigan and Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Can you kind of compare the two for us and just talk about how difficult they may have been to face? Mm -hmm. um, I think for... For uh, Slater, I actually I've watched film on him, but I never. I'm trying to think. I might have lined up him up against him a couple of times because I know he was on the opposite side that I was on. Um, but you know, definitely going over the film, um, you know, we go through and watch each alignment. Those two are definitely guys that you kind of gotta kind of gotta pinpoint. Um, make sure you always know. Uh, what you're going to get with them. But as for me going up against uh, Slater, it was more, I just kind of watched film on him um, just because I was on the opposite side of him at the time. Now, even other games, maybe not just that one, but um, were you mostly really on one side? Did you kind of switch back and forth? And is that something that if you didn't, you would like to kind of be able to do more of or show that you have that kind of versatility? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would switch back and forth um, from left to right side every once in a while. Um, first couple of years, I kind of just played all over. But then there were some certain games and some certain years where, uh, you know, me and the other defensive ends would kind of talk and be like, OK, feel a little bit more comfortable on this side. Um, so that's kind of how that that was that kind of came. Um, but I've played both sides in the middle. So I feel comfortable playing pretty much anywhere. Got to ask you, we're going to talk about your pro day in a little bit because Wisconsin had their pro day last week. What are you doing now? I mean, are you, are you training now? Or are you back at school? What's happening? Yeah. So I'm, I'm back on campus right now. Um, just training. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's pretty much the only thing I have going on right now. Um, just, staying in shape, trying to get in the best shape I can. Um, but 
other than that, I'm just on campus and that's pretty much all my day consists of right now. Have you been using Zoom to meet with NFL teams? And if so, how have those meetings been going? <laughs> yeah, um, I've been on a couple of Zoom, a couple of uh, WebEx calls, but um, those meetings are always good. Um, I feel great being able to, to you know, meet face-to-face, um, I guess, over Zoom um, and kind of show teams who I am um, and what I'm about. So having those meetings definitely, I feel like, will will help me connect a little bit with some more teams and uh, um, show them the kind of person and the kind of player I am. During any of those meetings with any of those teams, have they ever hit you with a strange question? You know, it's something like, wow, like, that has nothing to do with football or mm. what was that question? Um, I actually haven't gotten any of those yet. I've been talking with um, with a couple of the guys who I uh, who I was working out with in California, just kind of asking them what kind of questions they were getting. And a couple of them had had those weird ones where they were kind of thrown off by it. But I haven't had any of those yet. Do they talk a lot of you know schemes with you? Uh, what, what positions you would line up with at the next uh, for a team at the next level? Three four four three, mm-hmm. you know, right side defensive end, three tech or what, whatever the situation may be. Yeah, yeah, I've talked a little bit um, of some scheme with some teams. Um, I think most are still thinking um, three tech, kind of an interior guy who can also bounce outside, and that's kind of what I feel like I am. Um, I've, I've played everywhere on the line, um, from, from edge all the way to a shade. So I feel comfortable no matter where teams decide to put me, but I do feel like most of the teams are, are thinking, uh, three tech defensive tackle, which is where I feel extremely comfortable at. But, um, as I said, I I feel like I can play that and be able to kick out to kind of an edge and a, a five technique as well. Now, is there a consistent question that every team seems to ask you in these meetings? Um, yeah, um, there's a lot of questions that are that are very similar, just kind of like the baseline um, questions, just pretty much about who I am. But um, outside of those, there really isn't a whole lot of similarities um, within kind of what we go over when we meet. Now, Wisconsin, as I said earlier, had their pro day last week. Why don't you tell us, you know, how your pro day went, what your marks were like, if you were happy with them, uh, and just the overall uh, what teams were having you do during the pro day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was really happy with with um, how my pro day went. I kind of hit hit all the times that I was looking at. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me was I wanted to kind of show off a little bit of speed. Um, I feel like I was able to show show a little more strength and power and taking on double teams in my film. So I kind of wanted teams to see that I could move quick. I can get off the ball fast. Um, and I feel like for my pro day, I was really able to do that, um, you know, with my 10-yard split and some of the uh, agilities, the three-cone and stuff like that. Um, my biggest thing was kind of showing off that part of it, and I feel like I was able to go out there and do that. What was your 10-yard split? Do you remember? Uh, my ten yard was a one six three. Oof! And what was your forty? Uh, forty was four nine three. Ah, you got the terrific. Yeah, so I, I I was pretty happy with that. The the t- the 
10 yards for me um, in the 40 was was pretty important because I wanted to show that I could get off the ball fast because um, sometimes I feel like my film shows just a little bit more of me kind of eating double teams, rolling off the ball. But uh, I, I definitely feel like I showed that I can move a little bit. Now, when you did drills, was it solely defensive line drills? Did you have you, did they have you do any linebacker drills or at least drills where you're dropping back into coverage to kind of simulate a zone blitz type of situation? Um, no. So all the uh, drills that I did for my position work were were mostly through tech, get off the ball and get after the uh, the, the quarterback. Um, we did a whole a whole bunch of different you know, change of direction stuff. But then most of the, most of the time, most of it was um, just quick pass rush moves, um, seeing my get off and stuff like that. So I was definitely happy with the drills they put me through um, so I could show off some of that stuff, um, like the get off, quick pass rush moves. But I, I was definitely happy with how the position work went as well. What were your measurements on pro day? How how tall are you? Um, I think I was six six in three eights. And there was no concern that you're a little bit tall for a three technique tackle. No, no, I, I definitely don't think there is, and I don't think there should be. Um, I've learned kind of how to use my body in a way where I'm not I'm not popping up at the line. Um, I'm still able to stay lower than than every O-lineman that I'm going against. So I, I feel good being able to use my height to my advantage. And I see of it more as that and less of it as a disadvantage for me. Now, we kind of like to ask players sometimes to scout themselves a little bit. So you kind of just intimated a little that, you know, you feel like a strength of your game is kind of playing with leverage and maybe lower body strength and just the ability to stay under offensive linemen, uh, you know, despite the fact that you're taller than most, if not all of them, um, would you say that's kind of the main strength to your game? Or do you have, you know, another aspect of your game that, you know, you think is real strong, that is something that will allow you to contribute immediately on an mm -hmm. NFL team? Yeah, I definitely think that's one of my biggest strengths is is the, the leverage that I have and um, the length I'm able to kind of Get, get that separation that I need um, right off the line. And then I feel like another one, um, kind of from the system we played here at Wisconsin, um, is, you know, being able to eat up blocks, take on two offensive linemen, um, and kind of be able to let the, uh, the playmaker flow behind me. And then one thing that I've definitely worked on a lot these last couple of years, and I feel like I've really been able to hone in on and get better at is being explosive and being a great pass rusher. Um, I've been working a whole bunch of different moves, um, been working on my get off a lot. So I feel like I can definitely be a first, second and third down guy. Um, I feel like I'm able to stop the run, um, be extremely stout in the run. And then when it comes to getting after the, uh, <clears throat> when it comes to getting after the quarterback, I feel like I can do that extremely well um, also. Any weaknesses that uh, you think you need to work on or maybe areas of development? Um, I, I definitely think I can get extremely better everywhere. Um, there are things that I think I can do a lot better when it comes to getting after the quarterback that I've really been working on and that I feel like I've definitely improved already. But um, as for being able to 
develop. I feel like I still have a lot more that I can learn. And I definitely feel like there's a lot more growth um, for me. Now, would you say that's growth coming from watching films, studying things, or growth from, you know, things you can do on the field, drills, practice, you mm-hmm. know, weight room, anything like that? Yeah, I would say a little bit of, uh, a little bit of both. Um, I, I feel good with my strength and speed and stuff like that, but just the amount of new things that I've learned just the last couple of years, just from watching film a little bit differently, um, I've been able to pick up, you know, different offensive schemes um, and that kind of stuff really, really helps during games. Um, when, I, when I can kind of have an idea of what's about to come, come to me and, you know, I have certain techniques for certain things um, and I've really been able to hone in on those and, you know, kind of be a technician. And those are definitely things that I think, um, you know, I get better at every single day um, and every single game, but yeah, kind of both ends um weight room speed can get better but I feel like I've definitely learned a lot and I'm going to learn a lot more um kind of about film study and different schemes well Isaiah that's all we've got for you tonight thank you so much for joining us on the show and best of luck through the rest of the draft process and in April when uh the big day comes awesome I appreciate it Chris I appreciate it Tony Isaiah, thanks so much, buddy. Good luck. I know we'll be seeing you playing on Sunday. We look forward to it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, before we sign off, we want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest released, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop a pair you've been waiting for. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, Your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. The team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with the verified return process. And for those sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 and above making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right, and Tony, before we wrap up the show here, real good interview with Isaiah Loudermilk. What stood out to you about what we heard from the Wisconsin product today? I mean, he seems very honest, focused, and driven. I mean, he was determined to play with... uh, with his Wisconsin Badger teammates this season, even if, it was, even if it was in the spring. I mean, that's really the first guy that we heard that we've interviewed who came out and said, yeah, if there was spring ball, I was going to play with my teammates. So you've got to like that sort of dedication and loyalty uh, to the football program, to his teammates. And that's the way he plays on the field. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think he was glad to not have to make that decision because, you know, it's it's a situation where the guys we've talked about previously who said it wasn't even something for them. I mean, it wasn't even about, um, you know, if you get injured in the spring, you know, what it does for, you know, maybe your draft prospects, but you know, that injury is going to linger. And just the fact that the season's pushed, pushed back four to five months, um, you know, that is like a real downside to starting, 
you know, your NFL career that way or having to return to school. Um, so, I mean, certainly it seems like a risk he was willing to take on for a variety of reasons, but it was definitely an interesting thing to know. It was, but I'm sure, you know, when you're playing in the orange bowl and you're playing the Rose bowl with, with guys that you've gone through college with, there's got to be that certain type of bonding. And, and I'm sure that was part and parcel for the reason. And that's it for the 179th episode of the draft analysts presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us any questions and give any feedback you may have as well. Special thanks go out to Isaiah Loudermilk for joining the show today. And we'll be back next week with more on the 2021 NFL Draft. Until then, for Tony Pauline, this is Christian Cody. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.